So uh, we're continuing in our series called uh, Two Kingdoms, One Allegiance. And uh, it's in the book of Matthew. So if you want to turn to Matthew chapter 6, that would be fantastic. If you don't have a Bible, there should be one in the pew rack in front of you. And uh, if you need one to take home, please let us know and we'll provide you uh, with a Bible so that you can uh, read it throughout the week. I wanted to give a couple quick announcements before we get started. One, if you've never been baptized and would like to be baptized, uh, we're going to have another baptism service on May 18th. And so uh, if that's you, uh, just send me an email. It's on the um, bulletin, my email address is, so you can check that out. And uh, the other thing is, uh, nerds unite. Uh, So here's the deal. A lot of times when I'm working on my sermons, I'll have to do some research of something that's totally kind of related to the sermon, but I can't spend too much time on it. So like, for example, this week... Uh, I, I read about an article that was uh, in a newspaper about two women who covered themselves in French, French's mustard and ran around their city until they got arrested. Uh, and the idea was, because this is not a joke, I mean, this is, this is why I was researching it, is because they thought if they could have the faith of a mustard seed, they cover themselves in mustard. They were psycho, you know? Anyway, so I, I read that, but I couldn't, I couldn't verify it. So I, I was searching on the internet. I, I spent five minutes and then realized I was wasting my time. I need people who can navigate through the internet. Uh, wh- and what would happen is I'd send it, my team an email. I'm looking to, to check this fact out. And then you'd send me what you found. And so um, if, you, if that's you, if you like to be on the internet, if you know your way around, if you have access to all sorts of different databases, uh, just mark your flap. Okay, this is the flap here on our bulletin. You can, there's many ways you can rip this off. You can be nice and neat. You can like go ninja and you know, go, go right through. But you, you could have your wife hold it and you can, you know, you can do whatever you want. But uh, go ahead and just put your name and your email address. If you don't have an email address, you're not allowed on the internet team. Okay, it's kind of a prerequisite there. But I don't have a computer. Can I still be on the team? No, you cannot. The only caveat is you have to have thick skin because I may never use anything you send me, okay? So just be prepared that uh, I'm real picky when it comes to that stuff. So you can be just like this dude and uh, be on the internet team. All right, the other, so I mentioned baptism. I mentioned the internet team. Let's get on with the sermon. We've been talking about two kingdoms, The kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of earth. We've been talking about it for weeks. And now we're talking about that these two, there's two kingdoms, but one allegiance. You can only pledge your allegiance to one of the two kingdoms. And we talked about that people who have, who've strived after this kingdom and strived after this kingdom have been uh, stricken with many a grief, the scripture says. And so we have this idea of this broken heart. There's always this tension of the Lord calling you to something greater up here. And we live in a world that's constantly trying to pull us down to something down here. And so there's always that tension. And so uh, last week <clears throat> we talked about where we're going to store our treasures and uh, that was, we, we spent the week on uh, three different ideas here. The, the, the big verse there was, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so it was interesting, as I was moving, we moved last week, and some of you were kind enough to help me. 
And it was interesting to watch the progression of people's attitude uh, as they started helping me early in the morning and really great Christian attitude. And then as they saw all the stuff I had, you could see they're starting to build up a little, oh, I want to go home. Why didn't he pack better? And there was a resentment. And so they'd be lifting up like a couch going, you know, you could have fed some kids in Haiti with this. Don't you listen to your own sermons? You know, it was... Do you really need this vase, huh? Yeah, you know, let's see how he, you know. So, but uh, no, it was really cool. Thanks for helping me with that. Those of you who helped me, I couldn't have done it without you. And I still have 67 boxes to unpack. I'm sorry. My wife has 67 boxes to unpack. No, no, because she does it better than I do. Okay. So we talked about three things. We talked about where we save. Don't store up treasures down here. Storm up here. Where's your savings account? Where, where are you investing? Wherever you invest, that's where your heart's going to be. So we talked about where you save. We talked about how we see. And it went on and said, if your eye is clear, it means healthy. It means generous, abundant. If you have abundant eyes and can see this kingdom and can invest in this kingdom, then your whole body will be healthy as well. It's going to affect your whole life, how we see and then who we serve. And we talked then about you can't serve two masters. And uh, you can't serve God and money. It's impossible. One's going to call you. They're they're both going to call you. And you can only go to one. And this goes all along with our theme that these two kingdoms are at war with each other. It's not just like they're not bordering nations. They're at war. The kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of earth are at war. So now we we head into Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through 32. We're only going to read... verse 27 uh, through 27 this week, and then we'll uh, probably pick it up uh, next week. But let's go ahead and take a look at that. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? So we're going to talk about this morning these three questions Jesus asks us. If you notice in this section of Scripture, he asks three questions. The first is, is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? It's a rhetorical question. Then he says, the birds of the air neither sow nor reap, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? And then the last one, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? So these three questions. So let's get uh, let's get started. The first question essentially asked by Jesus is, where's your faith? Right. He says, isn't your life, isn't who you are, the sum total of your life more than food and clothing and things and stuff in this kingdom? Isn't it? That's what he's asking. Isn't life more valuable than that? Where's your faith? On on the spectrum of faith, where are you? Is it kind of like, well, I'm really involved in this kingdom down here, and when I need a little something-something, I go to the big man upstairs, and I try and get some peace. Or are you so into this kingdom that this kingdom doesn't matter? This is what Jesus is asking. He goes to the core of why we're worrying in the first place. What is your life all about? What's my life really all about? When I worry, 
what am I saying about my faith? What am I saying about my life? What am I saying about my purpose? Where's your faith is what he says. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Here at, at Living Spring, our motto is loving God and loving people. Okay, so essentially, if we were to ask ourselves this question, we'd say, what do you really need to do that? If that's really your life, if your life really is, I want to love the Lord God with all my heart, soul, mind and strength and love my neighbor as myself. Jesus is saying that's life. It's more important than all this stuff. What do you really need to do that? Do you need a good retirement plan? Are you fretting about a retirement plan? No, you don't. Do you need food? Yes, to some extent, unless the Lord has you doing something else. Unless your kingdom focus is up here. Now, I want to do this. I'm going to do this once to get it out of the way. Uh, It's just a little caveat. Some things in life that you're going through have deep-seated pain and things like that. Through this sermon, I'm not trying to minimize that. uh, If you're not worrying, but if you're just kind of struggling with a certain issue. So... um, I'm not trying to other other anxiety and worry uh, does need to be medicated. I mean, there is there are some chemical imbalances. So I'm not trying to say just, you know, erase, erase. Everything's fine. You don't ever have to worry about anything. How? So I said it. OK, now I'm going to come down pretty hard on worrying. OK, so I got all that out of the way. Send your emails to CC at uh, livingspring.com. OK, so what do we really need? Do we, do we really need a college plan for our kids in order to love God with all our heart and love people? Do we really need an iPhone? Yes, we really do actually need an iPhone. (laughs) We'll go to that in future weeks. But uh, no, what what do we really need? What is your life all about? What is my life all about? When I worry, can I ask myself, is my life more important than this? Okay, and we'll get into that a little bit more as we go on. Listen to the way Paul puts it. Paul puts it this way. I have been crucified with Christ... In other words, my life at this kingdom level, the earthly kingdom level, is now dead. That body has died. My life is not how much money I make, what kind of job I have, what, what are my kids doing, all, all that. It's not about that stuff. I'm not going to worry about that stuff. I'm dead, right? There's not one dead person who's worrying about their car being washed. I guarantee you, not one. He says, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. So it's like it's like I've died to this kingdom and then Christ has infused me now again with life. I'm I'm back alive in the flesh, but it's Christ who lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the son son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Is not my life more important than food and clothing? Yes, because I don't even value it. All my value comes from Christ. All my value comes from what he did on the cross. So it comes down, it's a faith issue. Now I, wanna, I want us to see here, there's three other times in Matthew that Jesus says, you of little faith. This is the first. And there's three more. And I want to go over each one of the three and show you the progression of how the disciples dealt with this issue. What's, where are you? Where's your faith? How are you doing? What's your relationship with me like, is essentially what he's asking. The first is found in Matthew chapter 8, verse 23. We probably, most of us have heard this, but 
what's happening is they're, they're going across the lake and, uh, and the, Jesus is in the boat and the disciples are in the boat. They're all in the boat. And it says, it's interesting the way the scriptures say it. It says, without warning, without warning, a furious storm hits their boat. It sounds a lot like life, right? Aren't those the things we worry about? Without warning, all of a sudden, oh, I got a new boss. Oh, I wonder if I'm going to be able to, oh, right? Okay, students, since you're laughing, right? Without warning, there's a new boy at school, oh, right? What, oh, my mom, we're going to have to move or something like that, right? So without warning, a furious storm came on the lake and waves swept over the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. (laughs) Good old Jesus. The disciples went and woke him up, and this is what they said to him. Lord, save us. We're going to drown. They're kind of paraphrasing what we say when we worry. I'm going to lose my job. He's not going to love me anymore. I won't be able to pay for college. I blah, blah, blah. Lord, save me. Whatever I'm worrying about is going to, he's going to do it again. She's going to do it again. Oh, it's just this overwhelming sense of dread. Here's where he replies. You of little faith, why are you so afraid? Oh, I don't know. Maybe because waves are coming over the boat. That might be one reason. You know, I love, I love these questions Jesus asks. You know, why are you so, I could just imagine him saying, why are you so afraid? And a huge wave, like, just like totally comes over. What's the big deal? You know, when, you know, the boat's over like this. He's like, I don't know what you guys are so worried about. Right? <laughs> then he gets up because he's, t- I've been woken up from a nap. I know what he's feeling. He's toe. He's, 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 he's upset. So he rebukes the winds and the waves. And it was completely calm. And look at their response. What kind of man is this? What kind of man is this? Well, why are you down here? He's no man. He's God in the flesh. He's a human being acting totally in this kingdom. Completely. That's who he is. But they ask him, who is this? He says, you have little faith. Why, why are you upset? The boat's filled up with water and there's huge waves and the wind's blowing and we're, we're almost flipped all the way over. What's the big deal? So the second time is in uh, Matthew chapter uh, 8. No, 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 I'm sorry. Matthew chapter 14. So what happens is now Jesus isn't in the boat and they're out on the lake and all of a sudden... They see Jesus walking on the water. We all know this story as well. Jesus misses the boat. It's like, no big deal. Just going to stroll out to where they are. And they think it's a ghost. Now, all of a sudden, something supernatural is taking place. And they're freaked out over the supernatural. Some ghost is walking on the water. Jesus says the same thing. Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. I know it's a little freaky. I'm walking on the water. It's all right. It's going to be fine. So Peter says, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. And he says, yeah, why don't you, why don't you come on? Same thing happens. He starts to walk on the water. 
The wind comes, the waves come. He starts to get scared and he starts to sink. He lasted for a little while. In the first story, they didn't last as long. It was just like, ah, we're going to drown. Now Peter's taking some steps of faith. He gets out a little far and he starts to, to, to fall down. And <clears throat> he calls on Jesus, save me, Lord. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? Why, why did you worry about that? It could have been awesome. It could have been. If you had not doubted, we could have stayed in this kingdom I could, you could have like gone out for a pass on the water. I would have, you know, you're running on the water. It could have been amazing, but you didn't. You, you, got, you got stuck down here. Something took your eyes off of this kingdom. You of little faith. This is why Jesus is asking, where, where's your faith? Where are you in this? So I still give him credit for taking the first step, to be honest. I don't, give, I don't come down on Peter that hard because... He's probably up in heaven coming down on me for what I'm doing. So he's got a better view than I do. You of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they climbed in the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were on the boat, and listen to their, listen what they say now. Truly you are the son of God. So they've gone from what kind of man is this to truly you're the son of God. And the third one. Again, I don't know what it is about boats and the disciples. But they're going across the, the way and they forgot to take bread. Okay, now Jesus had just, so we know where we are in here. Don't read that. So you guys are getting ahead. I see you reading it already. Bam. Now you can't read that. Okay. Now you got to focus on what I'm saying. Okay. So what happened was uh, Jesus had just fed the 5,000 and then he went and he was talking to the Pharisees who wanted to see a sign. And they said, let, let, hey, Jesus, if, if, if that's okay, you know, if, if this is really, you're really from that kingdom, go ahead and give us a sign. And Jesus says, an evil and adulterous generation asked for a sign. Do you know why an evil and adulterous generation asked for a sign? This is very important. Because what they want to do, they're not getting out of this kingdom unless you prove it to them. That's what they're saying. I'm going to live exactly like I'm living. I'm going to do, I'm going to play church. I'm going to do all this stuff. And I'm not changing unless you do something radical. And Jesus says, that's evil. That's not faith. Where's your faith? Your faith is right here until somebody rocks it out of there, until you see something miraculous. Jesus says, that's not what I want. And so what happens is, after he talks to the Pharisees, they get in the boat, and it says the disciples forgot bread. Okay, I don't know what they did with the 12 baskets full of bread they had from the feeding of the 5,000, but it doesn't say how long after it that is, so maybe it got stale or something. But they forget to bring bread, right? So they say to each other, oh man, we forgot to bring bread. And then Jesus says, hey, be careful of the yeast of the Pharisees. And they're like, oh, I knew he was going to bring up the bread. Oh man, I thought you had it. I thought you had it. No, you stupid Peter. Yeah. Right? Isn't that what happens when we begin to worry? Everything is filtered through those eyes of worry. Have you ever been, something's been just eaten at you and then someone comes up and says something? And, oh man, I knew, I knew, I knew they were going to say that. And they're just like, what are you talking about? This is what happens. They were worried about the bread. And Jesus says, man, be careful of the yeast of the Pharisees. He's trying to teach them and they're going to miss it. They're going to miss this kingdom because they're focused on here. You're starting to see a pattern now. Peter 
misses this kingdom because he starts focusing on that. The disciples miss this kingdom because they're focused on the waves. So here's what he says. He says, you have little faith. Why are you talking among yourselves about having no bread? Do you still not understand? It's not this kingdom. Don't you remember the five loaves for the 5,000 and how many baskets, basketfuls you've gathered? Or the seven loaves for the 4,000 and how many basketfuls you gathered? How is it that you don't understand I was not talking to you about bread? It says, then they understood. And about four verses after this, Jesus says to them, who do you say that I am? And that's when Peter says, now listen, they've gone from what kind of man is this to he's the son of God to Peter saying, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus goes, yes! Now we're going to build a church off of that statement. That's it. I am the Christ, the son of the living God. This is how their faith has come. First, it started in here when he says, you have little faith, don't worry about your food. Then they get in the boat and the waves are coming and they say, what kind of man is this? And then all of a sudden, Peter walks on the water and they say, man, surely he's the son of God. And then after this, they say, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And he says, nailed it. Got it. That's it. Now, the question I have for myself this week was where am I on that spectrum? Am I still a baby when it comes to worry? Or, oh man, what am I going to do? Now, in this section of Scripture, you know, you and I don't really worry about what we're going to eat or how we're going to clothe ourselves. I mean, just the basic, we are, everyone in this room will get a meal today and everyone will have clothes. You all have clothes now. Thank you very much for that. I deeply appreciate that. Right? So we don't worry about it. But at this time, those were real concerns. Water wasn't just like, you didn't just go and get a little bottle of Arrowhead. Okay? If it didn't snow, there was a water problem for feeding the crowds. So it was important to them. But are you there? Are you farther along in your worry where you're like no i know he's the i know he's the son of god i i I, i'm dealing with this or are you just at the point where he's the christ the son of living god i'm ready to go i'm ready to build a church i'm ready to build his kingdom see i want us to understand this part right here i wasn't going to write this down but listen all the fruits of the spirit are destroyed by worry by anxiety all the fruits of the Spirit are destroyed by worry. Think about it. Love. Well, I, I, I can't love. What if I'm rejected? What if they think I'm crazy? I, I, don't, I, I can't go up to that person and my neighbor and just say hi. They're going to think I'm psycho. Worry. It destroys love. They've injured me before. I'm not, I, what if they injure me again? What if joy, our joy is completely taken away by worry. Joy is for now. If we're focused on the future, we miss the joy. Peace, obviously, that's the most obvious one. Peace is taken away by worry. We're worrying. You can't have peace and worry all at the same time. Patience. When are we our most impatient in the car? Well, I've got to get there on time. I'm going to miss it. Or I'm going to, it's going to happen. We miss our patience. Or the kids, 
or worried about all this kind of stuff. Get away from me. I, I'm trying to think. Kindness and goodness and faithfulness. We, we, can't, we can't give because we're worried about, well, if I give this money, if I tithe, I'm going to go in down. If I give to this guy, this homeless guy, I won't have enough money for lunch. Gentleness. We lose our gentleness because we're striving to get that next promotion. And if I don't, if I don't get my way, then I'll, I'll never move up the ladder. Self-control. <laughs> a lack of self-control is just you're, you're trying to get it done on this level. They're all taken away by worry. Jesus asks, is not life more important? Where's your faith? Where's your life? Where are you right now, he's saying. Why are you worrying? You, you can take some of this stuff to its, to its very end. Okay, what if I really could not find food? As a believer, I can't get any food. I'm scrounging around. I'm getting pieces of rice. Listen, this is the reality if we open our eyes to the rest of the world. I mean, it's, it's not like this doesn't happen to Christians where they can't find food. It does happen. There are believers in Ethiopia that Kathy's working with, they can't get any food. <laughs> right now, there's a food shortage. There's riots going on. So let's take it to that level. So, so what? Well, so what? Oh, I'll, I'll die. So what? Well, what's going to happen to my kids? God will take care of them. What if they die? They might. You're like, you're not helping me at all with my worry right now. Listen, I want us to begin to think at this level. See, the fact of the matter is we're not dying. And our kids are fine, you know, most of them. Some of them have behavioral issues. I admit that. But, (laughs) right? God is saying, where's your faith? This is the question he's asking. Then it goes on to a second question that's really kind of who we have our faith in. Who's your father? I couldn't put who's your daddy because it didn't start with F. <laughs> Jesus goes back to the idea that he's our father. Look what he s- says. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? In this section of scripture from uh, verses 24 through 34, 25 through 34, Four times Jesus is talking about your heavenly father, your heavenly father, your heavenly father. Remember when they said, Lord, teach us to pray. He says, no problem. Our father. Remember we talked about that. He cares for us. The reason we can have faith is because we ask ourselves, who's our heavenly father? He is so faithful. If you think about what you're worried about right now, God is faithful in that. Now, some of us worry because we got ourselves into a bind. (laughs) You know, I'm worried about my finances. I know I shouldn't have bought 10 jet skis, but they were all on sale. I I don't know. Coming up with an example. We have a Heavenly Father who can help us with that. See, there's always going to be things to worry about in this kingdom. Always. Let me give you a little hint. This kingdom does a really terrible job at running itself. Okay, turn on the news. We happen to be in election 
season, which just makes me all giddy inside as they argue back and forth. But what's the overwhelming thing? Fear, right? Fear. You got to elect me because there's economic uncertainty and gas prices are at an all time high and there's food shortages and I will save you, said the politician. Not like a fireman who actually does save you or a policeman that protects you or a teacher that teaches you, but like a politician. I will pass, boldly pass legislation for you, right? It doesn't make any difference. We've been here how long? All the legislation in the world is not going to make this kingdom this kingdom, period. I don't care. You want to know why? Because the king of this kingdom hates you (laughs) and wants you to worry. Wants you to be fearful. The housing market collapse, the war in Iraq, all this stuff. There's always going to be things to worry about in this kingdom. But here's the thing there's never anything to worry about in this kingdom. God does a fantastic job of running this kingdom. There's no news in this kingdom. Did you know that? In heaven, you don't like flip on cable and go, oh man. Gabriel freaked out and started shooting up the place, right? (laughs) There's none of that. There's no riots up in heaven. There's no nothing. And see, what we pray for is, Lord, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Help me to act and behave in a way that trusts the God of this heaven. My father. Who's my father? Who's my king? Who's leading the, the kingdom that I'm most... Uh, interested in. That wasn't the word I was looking for, but it'll do. Who, 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 that I'm most invested in. I, I want that father taking care of me. Because you'll always find stuff down here. Uh, there's always a new disease or some new thing or something. It, it, we'll, we'll, never, we'll never get it down here. We stink at it. Check this out. It's in Jeremiah, and it gives a a great example of somebody who's living an anxious life. In Jeremiah chapter 17, starting in verse 5, I haven't put up here, but I want you to listen to these harsh words. It starts off like this. This is what the Lord says. Okay, so if we're looking at our Heavenly Father, this is what your Heavenly Father says. So anytime something in Scripture starts with that, it's time to listen. Well, I... Technically, it's time to listen anytime scripture is being read, but let's move on. It says this, cursed is the one who trusts in man. Cursed? What does that mean? He's going to hell? No. No. I mean, it may. He's taken to its final thing. It means it ain't going to work for you. You're done. It'll never work. There's blessed and there's cursed. Blessed, remember we went through this happy. We just went through the Beatitudes. This is cursed is the one who trusts in man, who depends on flesh for his strength and whose heart turns away from the Lord. Listen, if I'm going to get my strength from my job or my kids or my house or whatever, by default, I turn away from the Lord. Remember, we cannot serve two masters. These kingdoms are at war. Our heart either goes one way or goes another. So he says, if you're going to trust in man, if you're going to trust in yourself, if you're going to trust in this thing, you're cursed. It's over. You're just going to live a life of anxiety. 
Now here's what he says. This is what, you're, this is what you can expect in life. And this describes me to a T when I'm totally anxious about something and not focusing on my Heavenly Father. This is what he says. He will be like a bush in the wastelands. He will not see prosperity when it comes. He will dwell in the parched places of the desert in a salt land where no one lives. When I am focused on something, when I'm worrying about something, when I'm fretting about something, that describes my life. I become isolated. I miss, I love this section here. He will not see prosperity when it comes. He will not see prosperity when it comes. When I operate in worry, okay, I operate in the future. God doesn't operate there with me. He operates here. And so he begins to operate with me here, and I don't see it. I reject it because this hasn't been figured out yet. It's an important point, so much so that I put it up here behind you, behind me, in front of you. God does not provide in the hypothetical. God does not provide in hypothetical situations. This is why when somebody loses a spouse or a child or something, we typically say, I could never do that. No, you can't until it happens, and then he gives you strength, and then you can do it. You know, what if I get fired? The Lord's not going to give you peace for what ifs. He doesn't for me. He doesn't provide for, I wonder what would happen if, oh, here's what would happen, John. Oh, thanks. I feel so much better about that, Jesus. Thank you. He doesn't do that. And so what happens is we miss prosperity when it comes. We're in the future and we miss the joy for today. When I worry I have no godly resources. The Lord says, all right, you want to operate on that kingdom? Go ahead. Let me know when you're done and we'll, we'll start operating on this kingdom. He lets me go. Check out what William Ward says. Worry is faith in the negative, trust in the unpleasant, assurance of disaster, and belief in defeat. When we worry, we are very faithful people in the negative. I started thinking about this a little bit. And it's kind of like worry is the result of trusting in the God of this kingdom. Because this kingdom is run very poorly, anytime we're in this kingdom and we, we put our trust in the God of this kingdom, it's worry. Every time we put our trust in the God of this kingdom, it's faith. That's why Jesus says, where's your faith? You have little faith. He's he's doing it up here. Who's your father? He's up here. Trust in him. The result of that is faith. Oh, but what what about this? Oh, you're going to put your trust in that king? Okay. Oh, anxiety and worry. Here's here's the way I kind of put it. It's kind of a stronger terms. Faith distrusts the God of this earthly kingdom. When you have faith, you don't trust the enemy. You say, I'm not going to believe your lies. You have nothing for me. I'm putting my faith in my heavenly father. 
Worry distrusts the God of the heavenly kingdom. You say, I'm not going to believe you. You're not going to take care of me. I've got to look after myself. That's dangerous. Worry says, oh, man, you're not going to make it, God. You're not going to come through. It says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. When we worry, we say, now you won't be the same forever. You've taken care of me up to this point, but that's because I didn't have the boss I have now. But faith looks at this kingdom and says, you got nothing. Ooh, wow, that was. You got nothing for me. You got nothing for me. What do you got? Okay, right, a job, uh uh-huh, health. Okay, yeah, whatever. I'm operating up here. I'm putting my faith in God. Philippians 4.19 says, My God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. My Father, your Father will provide everything you need according to his riches, his time frame, because of what Christ did for us on the cross, bringing us into relationship with him. I want to read a little section of scripture that talks about these two kings at war. In 1 Peter It says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. So here we are on this earth, right, striving, trying to get everything done, whatever. And he says, stop it. Stop it. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. That he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. It's it's Peter saying the same thing. Who is your heavenly father? He loves you. Cast all your anxiety on him. He cares for you. Be self-controlled and alert. Now it, comes, now it comes back on us again, as we've seen time and time again in the scriptures. God does his part and requires something from our part. Be self-controlled and alert. Now it gets to this. Now we see the king of this kingdom down here. Your enemy, the devil, prowls about like a roaring lion, seeking, looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Standing firm in the faith. Where's your faith? Who's your father? Your father's your heavenly father. Cast all your anxieties on him. He cares for you. Be self-controlled. There's another king down here who does a terrible job at operating his kingdom. Resist him, standing firm in the faith. Because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Wait a minute. That's not really encouraging. <laughs> See, when we're focused on this, the, one of the gods of this world is comfort, especially in America. America loves comfort. We hate to be uncomfortable in any way, shape, or form. Last night, we had my family over. It got like two degrees past 74. It's like, turn on the air conditioner, you know. I'm like, unless you're paying for the air conditioner, it ain't going on. Plus, I like it hotter anyway. So they had to suffer. We hate being uncomfortable. We don't like, do we see somebody from another country starving? I'm, I want to get to the sports channel. Anything that disrupts us. We want to get to a place on time. Someone's in our way. Ugh. Unacceptable. Right? We want more and more and more and more. We don't like to hear about suffering. And yet Peter says, oh, yeah, those sufferings happen to everybody <laughs> throughout the whole world. 
Everyone who knows Christ, yeah, there's sufferings. Good thing you're not focused on those, (laughs) is basically what he's saying. Who's your father? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. We all know that section of scripture. Thirdly, what's your future? What's your future? He asked this question. Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? That's a great question. So he asks us, isn't God going to take care of you? Right? Isn't your life more important than all this stuff down here? Isn't God going to take care of you? And then what, what good is it, essentially, to worry? When have you worried yourself into prosperity or whatever, into a solution? I had to ask myself this week, I took the things I was worried about, you know, or anxious about, and I said, well, what was I anxious about a year ago at this time? I I couldn't think of anything because it had all worked itself out or God had worked it out or I had totally blown it and then God had worked it out. Right. I mean, now we can think of general things. Well, a year ago, my dad was in the hospital. We can think of that. But I'm talking about the day to day. What would happen if I don't get this job? What would happen if this? It's all. It doesn't add anything. What's our future like? See, God knows the number of hairs on our head. He knows when we're going to die. He knows all this stuff. And he said, well, if he knows it all, why, is, why are we here in the present? Because he loves us. <laughs> he loves us. That's why. If you want to lengthen your life, obey. That's what the scripture says. I want to read a couple quick verses here. First is, my son, do not forget my teaching. This is in Proverbs chapter 3. But let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Scriptural. You want to live a long life? Diet, exercise, and obedience. I I just added the diet and exercise. (laughs) It's just obedience. Anyway. Length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. And peace they will add to you. I I don't even want to get into all the studies. I looked at them for a while and it was just, there were so many. But worry just shortens your life. It's a scientific fact. Worry shortens your life. Anxiety shortens your life. Another quick scripture here for the youth. Honor your father and mother which is the first commandment with a promise. That's the scripture that has that as a parenthetical statement, not me. So that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Obedience. Obedience. Listen, God didn't save us to forsake us. He didn't didn't have eternity in mind, right? As we get into relationship with him, we move away from our sin. Sometimes it amazes me how much faith I have in that, but then I don't have any faith that I'll handle this little thing. I have faith in eternity. That, oh, yeah, no, no, when I die, when I, he's got to prepare a place for me. Yeah, yeah, I totally believe that. Oh, but what happens if this doesn't happen? I don't know what's going to happen here, right? He didn't save us and then just say, well, you just work it out in there. It's a relationship. 
He says, focus on this kingdom now and your life will go better. Period. One quick strong statement. To worry about the future is to place yourself outside the will of God. To worry about the future is to place yourself outside the will of God. When I worry, I'm outside of God's will. And I'll even be praying, Lord, I'm seeking your will. <laughs> what do I do in this situation? I really want your will. Because if I do this and then I do that, I, I just really want your will. I'm worried in the process of being outside his will, asking for his will, instead of just going, Lord, I'm going to be obedient in what you have. Jesus has this, what do you say, faithful in little. Be faithful in little. God will work out the rest. We're out, we're out of time. Um, and we'll pick this up uh, next week uh, a little bit. Um, but next week, so you say, well, John, that's really awesome. You've just told us not to worry. You've talked about the benefits of not worrying. You've talked about uh, our fa- how it affects our faith, who our Father is. So how do we not worry? That's next week. We are in love. We are